Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone. Episode 226 of Games My Mom Found. And who's practicing parkour with me tonight? I'm Joe Butler. And who's everybody's guess as to who's a Templar? Mine's Joel Olstein. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is uh, Kenneth Sanity, hoping that the father of understanding will guide us all tonight. Requiescatim podcast, everybody. My name's Alan Petrosi. Just a gamer. Just a guest. Happy to be here, though. <laughs> Welcome back. And it's everybody's favorite, uh, well, not Tomb Raider this time, but <laughs> I am now working for the Bureau of Assassins, and I have been given Richard Sampson, and I have been given information that states from the Assassin's Bureau in Pennsylvania that there is a Templar among us who is known for going on about having two projectiles, female dog, and apparently he's trying to steal fame from their born star by referring to them. <laughs> And where can people find you at, Richard? (laughs) You can find me on my uh, YouTube channel, Rich Kale. Some of my fix-up are on websites at fanfiction.net, Comic Vine, Archive of Our Own, and also trying to get get Michael to watch more Tim Curry Curry movies. (laughs) I'll get there. (laughs) And we are here to talk about a game that I really wanted to put on the show for, like, God, probably years. But it just took me a while to get around to it. We are here to talk about Assassin's Creed, the first one, everybody's favorite, uh, developed by Ubisoft Montreal. It came out in 2007. Damn. Wow. And you know, for a game without guns, you think that pun would just not be here for once? <laughs> hey, I wanted to basically put it out there that if he did make it, it did manage to put it out there, we were killing him. He was a Templar. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, so I, this is, I think, one of my first 360 games that I ever played because it was dirt cheap when I got it in 2009. So I think this was one of the first games I played. I don't remember a whole lot of it. Back then, I played it the once and I never went back to it. I've been and I've been meaning to forever. Well, what about you, Ken? What's your history with this one? Uh, funny story, actually, very similar. Uh, this was one of the first games I got for my PS3. Uh, when I got it, I did not get the original Fat Boy PS3. I got the uh, redesign. And uh, man, like, I bought this from a pawn shop. So, like, I got it used. And it was, I think, one of like two or three games that I got right after I got my PS3. And oh, God, I played this a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, I still like to go back to it every once in a while. I can understand why. And Richard, what about you? This is actually my. F- okay. I actually got this after seeing someone playing Assassin's Creed uh, Origins that's set in Egypt. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Okay, so I picked it up then. I hadn't really started playing it until, uh, through the random chance of the Wheel of Names, I ended up selecting it for on my YouTube channel. So this was basically the first time I fully played through the game. I'm still in the process of playing through it for the channel. So unlike for the channel... I play. I went and hunted down every freaking thing I could, and I loved it. It gave me an understanding. Well, I could go into it later about that. <laughs> but I this was this is my first experience full playthrough of the game. I'm glad that we have someone that is looking at this from a, you know for the first time because I think most people have played at least some of the series by now because it's such a huge freaking series, mm. huge series. Yeah. I mean, what is it, 12 games in the main series? 14? Something like that. I'd have to look. I don't know. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. What about you, Alan? Ah, uh, so 
this these came out in like it came out in November, so that was my Christmas game for that year. That and Modern Warfare, the first one, COD Four. So that was uh, one of the best Christmases <laughs> for sure. To get those two games was good. I I played it to completion, except for the flags. Didn't like those. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to go for those damn flags. <laughs> I give I Richard credit like, for doing it, but that, I only got the starting ones because it was only like twelve or twenty, some yeah, there's twenty achievable number. Twenty in my Masiaf, yeah, that's it. That's I, I, I have trouble with that name. Twenty in there, a hundred in Acre, Damascus, and Jerusalem, and a hundred in the Kingdom. Yeah, that's just too much. Too much, I say. What and what about you, Joe? Trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a very weird story, which will tangent into uh, something else. But I played the second one. I had a console skip a generation, so uh, I wasn't. I didn't get a 360 for Christmas, but my little cousin did. And then one time, they're just like, "Oh, hey, we're at GameStop. If you want to buy yourself something, you can, but it's got to be like ten dollar reduced." And I'm like, "Okay, well, what can I get for ten dollars in like 2010 or 11 or 12?" And uh, I got Assassin's Creed 2. So that was my first Assassin's Creed game. And I fell in love with the series with that because basically everything after two during that whole timeline is just cake. I tried playing this, got into like the third mission, and then the game decided to implode on me because I bought it through GOG and not through Steam, apparently. Yeah, no, I think it's just uh, this game just has issues. Well, most depending on what where you get a game from, it can have issues. I mean, this one's older, so they might not have nailed out or smoothed out everything i know there's some games on steam that are extremely hard to play this uploaded through like a weird like because i got it through gog and it was i didn't even download it through ubisoft i just got like a download for it and i had to download the whole thing and it looked like i was downloading a 90s game to my pc <laughs> i got pretty far into it up until like the first what is it the first leap of faith and i put a picture i put a video in the group chat that shows that it can happen and i guess it has something to do with the wireframe not lining up with the leap of faith so when you jump it just looks like altair just dies instantly and breaks every bone in his body oh so it behaves realistically yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's fair actually i did have a leap of faith that failed on me it wasn't out wasn't that one that you were in the in your video there but it was somewhere else and i just completely missed the damn haystack don't know how I did it, but <laughs> I mean it's not so. But the fact, like, yeah, I, that makes the game unplayable. Then, because like you, that is such a big part of this game is jumping into haystacks where you do all your, you know, eagle points, your vantage, your vantage point things. So like, I can see, like, yeah, that'd be hard to play. Well, the the, the big issue with it apparently is I have I have a pretty new PC, and you have to like force RTX to run Assassin's Creed One, and that's how you fix it. But I guess it has to be full screen because there's a couple times where like I would respond to a message and forget to full screen it, and then that would just die. And I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I'm done for the night and forever. No, I don't believe you one bit. I, I, I've I, had a couple games on here where I've had to just be done with them because they just would not work. <laughs> Looking at you, Legacy of Kane. I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I had to, I've only had one game that I've gotten from Steam that just had issues trying to get to work. I fought through it and did it, but... <laughs> uh, and to go along with the issues of having, like, with an installation, I did have one issue where... When I was installing this game, so I played this on a Steam Deck. I was like, it was difficult to start because it's like I didn't understand what I was supposed to do because like it doesn't recognize the controller. Like I was, you have to go into the settings to switch it to the 360 controller. Otherwise, it will not recognize your controller. 
and that was just weird to me. I uh, played this on PS3. It worked fine. I played it through backwards compatibility on Series X, where the Microsoft boys decided to make it work at upscaled 4K at 60 frames nice. per second. And uh, because it's still backwards compatible, it just uploads my old cloud file. And so I can pick up right where I left off. It was awesome. And seamless. That's great. Yeah, I, did, I play it through Steam. I only had a few times when I had the game sort of shut down on me, but I managed to make everything work. Good thing I have now two monitors as I could double check and hunt down all those damn flags. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I give That's you credit for that. I will. I tried it when I was younger because I was like, oh, achievements. Never again. Never, never again. I mean, I'll, I'll admit some of those flags are just asininely difficult to get at. I mean, it's a cool collectible, especially in the achievement area. But in in my opinion, it's just too much. Like, I mean, they're just everywhere. I mean, I would grab them most of the time if I saw them, but I would not go out of my way to look for them. Something I would just not even buy. If I'm getting chased and I'm in the busy, like, eh, I don't care enough to grab it. There's no point. I wouldn't call it a cool collectible if I can't really, like, see it in some way. At least with, no. like, the armor and stuff in the later games. Like, you have, like, a hideout where you can visual- visually see what you've collected. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this game, you can really tell is a template of what we're going to get. Like, it's... Yes. Indeed. You know, it really does set the set the tone for what's coming. And yet, nothing past this is even remotely the same, which is no. so weird. Yeah, not really. The series no. really changes for the better. Uh, yes, hundred percent the better. I no. mean, well, given this is my first game play time playing any of them, I'm hoping it's. Get, I'm glad it does get better. I would say, depending on what type of as you get as you get more acquainted with the series, you'll you'll see where there is a what we'll call a divergence in game structure and feel very much later but i would think i would it wouldn't you would not be in the minority to say that for the most part it does get better twice in a row anything after that give or take but at least twice you will see solid improvement <laughs> and i'm referring to two in brotherhood <laughs> hey okay. i like i liked what's a who's it's what's it called uh the one after brotherhood revelations revelations sure i, revelations, I love yeah. i love revelations it's like pretty good game it's I'm playing through it right now, so uh, yeah, I, I can agree. Um, it just depends on, like, I, you could say, like, it's kind of just more of three. Yeah. Or Brotherhood, yes. sorry, not three. Yeah, I'm uh, just looking up the listing of how they were released. At the time, Revelation was my least favorite, but then again, that's because, like, coming after two in Brotherhood, it, it's hard to top that, so. And it doesn't. But, like, I, with this game, I mean, this game, you know, horses kind of play, like, it's a, it's also an early open-world game for, you know, 360 era. So, I mean, it really kind of sets this tone, even though it's not it's not really open-world, but it, it, it's made to feel open-world. And it's a beautiful open-world, I'll say it that. Is. They did a really good job in recreating the cities. Jerusalem, God, what the hell, Acre, Acre you go to, and I forget the other one. Damascus. Yes. And I know they put a lot of work into this when they were making it back in the day, too. Yeah, and they also include in the beginning that they had people of different uh, religious backgrounds and everything working together on this. Like when they were a better company. Huh. Which I think <laughs> is the best thing about this game at the time, because it takes place in such a completely different setting than anything that has really come before it. Yeah. Like it, it, it was so in-depth. It felt like an alien world, even though, you know, it's very clearly human very clearly just a different culture because there was so much emphasis put on that culture on the history it just it felt like nothing else at the time in the year yeah. too the fact that you're you know in the crusade era oh yeah which is what third what years are the crusade era again uh, uh, so, to like 
1989 to 1192. Yeah, so that's a long time ago. And which crusade was this? The first? The fourth? Third. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently this game takes place in 1191. Okay. I like that. These games all came out while I was in high school, so like during world history. (laughs) So it was was really funny that like I was learning about the crusades as this game came out. And then learn about the Renaissance while well, two came out and so forth. <laughs> That's perfect, though. I know. I went to when I was going to school. Stuff like uh, you learned about the the Crusades a little bit in high in in history, and it just shows to show how much and also religion had played a part in our development and our stupidity. <laughs> you are not wrong. No, religion plays such a big part and stuff like that. And. I think this game, not this one as much, but two does a much better job of really, they really push that narrative in two and brotherhood. Mm. Two and brotherhood are set during the Italian Renaissance. Yes. And revelations essentially. I think the the nice thing about this game and two and in the respective two spinoff is they can still kind of get away with a lot of the stuff that they do in the games, like the history altering, because it's, it's so far back that a lot of it doesn't matter. I think three is really where it ends up jumping the shark where you have like, the main character helping George Washington fight a cherry tree or, you know, he's a, he's one of the guys on the boat dumping tea or he's like on he's like on horseback with uh, what the fuck is his name? Paul uh, Revere. Paul Revere. Yeah, he, yeah, he's on the horseback with Paul Revere fighting off Templars like three is such a shark jump for the series. that It's ridiculous. Just quiet enough to not be mentioned somehow in any story <laughs> ever, but also right there in the thick of it. <laughs> In plain sight, where anyone with a pen and pencil could just be like, oh, there's two guys. Well, just write no. that down. See, that's how you know the Templars are in power, though. Exactly right. And then, in truth, there were actually two writers notifying that the British were coming. Paul Revere's only remembered because he was the one who got caught. Maybe it's because he shouted the loudest. <laughs> yeah, like a little stealth, buddy. A little stealth. Crank up the, uh, you spec wrong. That's your he problem. He would have got caught if he didn't, but, you know. Yeah. But then, you know, who knows? Maybe they wouldn't have known that. Yeah. And I'm I'm surprised. We, we all mentioned our, our talks with the games. Has no one seen the movie? I have. No, I haven't. No, it's pretty I okay. have not either. I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. I pre- love it. It's pretty okay. Pretty good for a video game movie. Yeah. I mean, they can't. They got Michael Fassbender. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. He's so good. I it's heard so that they screwed one thing up. One they thing. didn't really show the leap of faith. Yeah. <sighs> It's releasing a movie was a leap of faith. So, you know, (laughs) good one. That was a good one. True. I I will say what the movie did with the animus, though, was really cool. Yes. And uh, if if you like this game, I really do think you should give the movie a shot. I'll have to do that with they they do that really dumb thing where they have the main character. And like this game, which we'll dig into, uh, Desmond does look like Altair to an extent. And uh, it kind of makes sense towards Assassin's Creed 1. But in the movie, it's weird to see uh, the main character, who is a white man. And then when he jumps to his ancestor, it is still a white man. So it's, it's a little off-putting. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking is... about. He's a Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little strange with that. Like, I really like the futuristic stuff. I think that was one of my biggest pulls, like, when I first played this game, is seeing the fact that, you know, you play as Desmond in the present day, and then he goes in this machine, and then he's transferred back to you know, the crusade era, well, one of his ancestors. And I really wanted to see where that future story goes. And that, that was my big draw, like with this game back in the day, I kind of liked where four took their modern story. 
a little bit like and that and the ideas that they presented in that uh, for lore the idea of like the animus being um, a video game platform uh for development yeah it was pretty cool i we'll get there we'll get there but i love four i love four so much and i like rogue even more i really like rogue also I was surprised how much fun I have with this game because I've heard nothing but bad things about the first Assassin's Creed. A lot of people are like, oh, this game is boring and you do the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, all right. And like I've played so many other ones. So I'm like, OK, am I going to have an issue with not having some of the quality of life things that I'm used to? And I was happy to say that it didn't bother me. Sure, sometimes it would have been nice to kill two guys at one time. <laughs> but, you know, it was OK that I couldn't. You know, I was all right with the fact that, like, okay, I just got to, you know, I can only stab one person at a time. I don't have, you know, two hidden blades. You know, I, and yes, the, I mean, like, it didn't bother me. It wasn't, I was, I was happy to see that I was okay with having less of stuff that I'm used to from later in the series. That was a nice, that made me really happy that I was able to enjoy it that way. I think it's, like, rather tricky to do, to manage to get two killed with the hidden blade before they all just realize, hey, this guy's killing people. Let's stop him. Or well, yeah, but in, stop us in the series, from two and on, you have two blades, one on each arm. I would say the core combat hasn't changed too much. It's just hold right trigger indefinitely and counter everybody, and then they die. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. I will say in this game, you do have a lot more difficult of a time countering everybody. That is yeah. true, yes. Yeah. Like, it's. I think the fighting is quote-unquote harder in this game than it is in other games other games give you more tools uh more ways or out of fights more combat effectiveness right out of the gate potions yeah potions healing immediate healing like this oh yeah you don't have any of that the fight is important here like you don't want to get into fights just because most of the fights that i got in were damn i screwed up i mean i now i have to fight some of the fights I got in, I'm just, you know, I'm just walking along, minding my own business. I'm not doing anything suspicious, doing nothing to draw your attention. Some guy, assassin! <laughs> Fucking Templar. <laughs> I mean, like, they all dress in white robes, red sash, like, just get some jeans or something, guys. Jesus. <laughs> well, of I course. Like wear a hat instead of a hood, you know? Yeah, a hat. I mean, they do explain that. In a way, in part of the story of the game. They do. Basically, they say that, like, they try to blend in more with the monks, I think. Yeah. Than yeah. Anything else. But it's like, okay, what monk has that many daggers prominently displayed <laughs> upon their belt? You tell me. A, a Buddhist monk. That's who. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, I haven't seen any monks in this game that have, like, bandoliers and big, you know, plated belts. Maybe the sword maybe to give it away? Yeah, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Where's your prayer book, Altair? Hey, look. <laughs> you okay, it it's a... <laughs> God damn it. it. It's a dangerous world out there. You know, sometimes your monks like to carry around, what, like 10 throwing knives, a short dagger, a long sword. Yeah, you never know. He's got big bracers on. You know, you never know what's out there. Out there. The initial get plan was for time. him to have a crossbow, too. Yeah, that's even yeah, I mean, some at least... of the trailers. Yeah, it's in the opening the... cinematic that's still in the game, yeah. Yeah, some of the guards, they don't necessarily, okay, he's walking like a monk, he's probably a monk, maybe that's all decoration that he's wearing to fend off thieves, I don't know. Well, you do that, you're walking along, you pass a Templar, assassin! 
fuck. And we just pushed that lady who was really in his way, just out of the way. So yeah. aggressively. Oh That's not God. very monk-like. He's an assassin for sure. Oh, no, there was one time where somebody was bothering me, like one of the people that, you know, push you and stuff. So I grabbed the guy, I grabbed the guy, I threw him out of my way, and then I hit guards, and they all, then the alarm went off, they all came after me. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. Or that when you stab them too, that they don't, they don't appreciate that either. It's almost like they're going up there to be like, hey, that, that's our citizen to harass, not yours. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) much. They just start doing it. They don't, they don't mind when they're doing it. No, gosh. Of course, saving those citizens was one of the better, quote, optional missions. Yeah, those optional missions were literally added in five days before the game was supposed to ship. <laughs> I'm not you're not kidding. kidding, are you? No. Oh, you just hit the copy okay. and paste everywhere. Like, no wonder they're so trash. What had happened was, I think it was like the president or something took the game home for his son, and it was just the assassins. Like, it was just the assassin missions. And his son was like, uh, there's not enough to do. So literally five days before the game was supposed to go, they had to throw these in. Okay. Who was the CEO? I'm sorry. That makes more it. sense though now, because I was wondering why they're all like everything else in this game was fine, but like the save the citizen things was just kind of dumb to me. Yeah. That's why they only recorded like three dialogue. Um, yeah, that does. Things mm. really to say. Yeah. Or I hope my sons are as brave as you. You know, while we're on the voice acting, I just want to throw something out here about how bad it is oh i can we can talk about it from a voice acting perspective an audio quality perspective oh god that does not age well no Mm. no audio quality not great but i mean everybody else sounds like they may be from that part of the country (laughs) i hear who sounds like this (laughs) hey i did the right thing in that temple altair you have been demoted ah shucks sorry about that it's ridiculous. I do like the one thing that they do put into the game. I mean, at one point, Desmond asked why everybody sounds like they're from the future. I did. I mean, today. I mean, showing the difficulty, of course, <laughs> relating to. I am the 20th century man in the 12th century world. Why do they sound like they're from today? <laughs> it's the uh, the translation magnifier in the Animus, which. Uh, something I want to get into because it's constantly goofy in throughout the series because I believe they get rid of it after Black Flag or they, they get rid of it in the later games, which the Animus has five buttons, which is a head button, a left hand button, a right hand button and a foot button. And then there is also a gear shift, which is your shoulder button. OK, yeah, the controls right. don't change a whole lot. I don't uh, I didn't mind them, though. I, I like I like the controls still. Like, I was happy to say everything controlled well. I didn't have any issues with that. Like, you know, I guess assassinating people. Nothing nothing was an issue for me with the buttons. I just hate the fact that there's one. no closed captions in this game. I oh, hate I, that. I didn't like that either. Yeah, yeah. same. I mean, no. you could have followed the story a little bit better because sometimes after you're done kicking a lot of butt and everybody's yelling and all that, and you're trying to focus on the on what's being said story-wise. Although, of course, the, uh, to say the villagers part didn't have you know since it repeated so much it's like okay nothing really gained here but when you're trying to get like in listen for information from somebody you've interrogated and if there's all hell you know going on around you because oh gee we had a fist fight (laughs) or the music's like going off and you're like you know yeah the mixing is weird you've got the one of the um 
the town hot criers like on his pedestal just talking full blast about the ongoing issues with the Muadjin and and King Richard. Meanwhile, you're like trying to hear this conversation that's purposefully whispered about how like there's three guards posted here. They're going on break. Take this letter to one of them so that you know, blah, whatever. Yeah. That's the one part where subtitles would be great. Oh yeah. I don't know why it doesn't have subtitles. Even games around this time have subtitles. Dark Sector, I think that came out the same year. That has subtitles. Why well, don't uh stop? No. What? No, that sector. <laughs> I like that game. Any other that. game. Any other game. Uh Dark Void. Well, now that's a good one. I was gonna say three the a lot of games during this time had issues with subtitles because one I can think of that always hits close to home is Dead Rising. That game trying to play on like a 30 inch TV was impossible with subtitles. That's because it was HD TV only. Was it really? That's what is that's why it's so bad because you didn't have an HD TV. Oh shit. For some reason, like... whatever they did for that game, like if you don't play in an HD, everything's impossible to see. It's all small. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really small because I had a friend that we didn't have HDTV, so we played it on a tube TV. Couldn't reach it. Like I had a, I had a decent sized tube TV, but like yeah, you need an HD. Is one that's one of the games where you need an HDTV. You can't read anything. Mm. I didn't. I don't think I had an HDTV until like two thousand and nine or ten. I was somewhere around there later. Yeah, had also never played that, out that too. Not very far, at least. We should probably talk no, about I, also, I do huh? like how this game is broken up with the mission base. Like you have like I think what nine people you have to assassinate throughout the game. Yes. Okay, and like the initially nine, yeah. I know the complaint that people have is like, okay, you start off in your opening town, and then you ride horse to another town, and then you go and do relatively the same missions at each town. I know that was one of the big complaints people had is that you have like usually what six missions you can do. You only have to do three. They're like one that you mentioned eavesdropping. There's pickpocketing. There's weird assassinate challenges. Like kill these three archers and don't get seen because I. I slept with his wife, and now he's trying to kill me. You know, dumb shit like that, they say. I'm going to stop you right there. Those assassin challenges, the archery ones, are not on the console versions. They're only on the PC. Oh, Oh. shit. Oh, yeah, I didn't have those. That's right. They made me run around and do checkpoints. I liked that. I I did like those. Although the one that I, the most difficult one, I think, was the five guards I had to kill. You have to do it without being seen or being caught. And, of course, the one is up on the roof on the, uh, that one was tricky. I had to do that about three, four times just to get that one done. But I got I, I liked that. It was that extra challenge to work on the stealth. I mean, the races, oh, those were fun, too. Another one that's only on PC. The race? The Arch, Archer Assassination, Rooftop Race Challenge, Merchant Stand Destruction Challenge, and Escort Challenge were all mission types that were only on the PC, which is why the PC is Assassin's Creed Director's Cut Edition. Oh, and the PC was a year later, 2008. Uh-huh, so they actually had time to do something. I remember doing they didn't fix stuff, the Save the Citizen voices, by the way. It was still terrible. Yeah. They also didn't add fucking subtitles. <laughs> even, to, even a year later, they didn't. That's crazy. Um, I will say I don't miss... I like it was a nice change of pace to not have full synchronization like objectives to meet doing any of these. So there was still some modicum of like how you follow them and whatever is all up to you, including yeah. the actual assassinations themselves was nice. Oh yeah. I I did like that. It a lot it did keep the open world set up. For the most and, part, yeah. And the thing that they did with the health bar in this one that 
Uh, they kind of did later, but like this one, I feel like they got it really right. It wasn't a health bar. It was a synchronization bar. And if you got injured, that was you screwing with the memory because mm-hmm. Altair didn't get injured. Why are you getting injured? So you got knocked for that. And if you had full desynchronization, essentially you're quote unquote out of health and you have to restart it. I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. That did help add some appeal to it. I mean, I'm while you ha- if you failed a mission, it had to reset. So you're like, you have to get away from the area for it to reset, and then it resets, or you have to go, you know, become invisible again, and then restart it over. Got frustrating as hell when you're trying to do, like, fi- kill five targets, and you got three, four, and I got spotted. I got reset. Yeah, that is an improvement later games did, where they let you, like, checkpoint restart. That was nice. Yeah, but like yeah. I said, it, it did work. And I mean, it it's like you're playing a video game in a video game. <laughs> yes. It was a good way to justify the uh, regenerating health, too. And yeah. uh, it was a good challenge, too, because that health took forever to, uh, re- to, to regain. Yeah, and you didn't have to just complete your main objectives to increase it. Every citizen you saved, I think, got you a point closer to it, or at least every... Uh, viewpoint you achieved got you closer to another one added and i think also no wait did you get more health too when you quote unquote ranked up from masia yes you did yes okay you had a lot more health than what i started with as the game progressed yeah because every time you client i think it's like there was a minor sink bar that would increase by one with each viewpoint you got I'm trying to remember if it increased with a little one for every uh, mission you completed before the assassination. I think if you saved a citizen, it also increased by one. Yeah, that did do something, too, because I, I went and saved every citizen that I could sh- could save when it came up. I saved everybody. I did all the vantage points, but I did not go for the Templars or the Flake. I mean, that. I'll go. I mean, I'm new for what my for on my YouTube channel, the one I'm doing. I am not necessarily trying to get all the flags. And once I get fast travel unlocked, I'm going to be fast traveling. And after some of those flat, you know, trying to get some of those damn flags is just downright difficult. You know, I love the parkour, though. I barely ever fast traveled uh, on my first playthrough because I just love being so immersed in being like this acrobatic dude who could look at a building and be like, I can get up there. It might take a minute, but I can get up there. Yeah. And that's like so, crazy for this game, like in any game, especially an open world game. There's really only Assassin's Creed games that uh, do it the best. I have a weird question. I know there's a in-universe reason as to why there's parkour. Is there like a game industry reason why Could they just decide to make a Assassin game where they parkour all over the place and just got lucky and be the only people who did that? Assassin's it's- Creed 1 was originally Prince of Persia, yes. which already oh. had parkour, right? So this is just they just expanded on it. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, this was originally supposed to be a Prince of Persia game. The assassin was essentially the guard to the Prince of Persia, and the prince was AI-controlled, and you basically had to keep the prince safe. But Ubisoft, in their grand vision, was like, nobody wants to play a Prince of Persia game where you're not the prince. And it's a new hardware cycle. Make a new product. So here we are now, with their biggest moneymaker, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Well, they gotta do something right some of the time. <laughs> Not often that they can say that. So yes, I mean, oh, I'm yeah. looking at some of their other playing some of their other games. And I'm like, I've been enjoying uh, Beyond Good and Evil. 
Oh man, wait for that sequel to come out. Ooh wee. Was, yeah, was it Ghost Recon or was it Splinter Cell that was their biggest at the time? Or was it something else? I think it was Splinter Cell. I think it might be Splinter Splinter Cell was big for a while. Yeah, like it was Gabby Hayes big. Now you don't. I don't yeah, it's pretty much dead now for now. But yeah. I was want to say one more thing, though, about this whole open world. I mean, it is beautiful. I mean, I'm no fan of heights in real life. I mean, I'll be willing to go up on a high building and take a look over as long as I know I've got big uh, secure railing to look over from and admire the view of the horizon. But this, I swear, this this was beautiful. And when I was growing up, I would hear my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, uh, speak of the Holy Land, how she never got to go there. She would love to have gone there. I understand why now. With this game, it's just so beautiful. I mean, yes, it's not going to look like that now, but <laughs> no, but it's beautiful. Regardless. No, they did a really, really good job of bringing you this beautiful world and letting you just play in it. You know, I, I really got to say, like, that's something that I, I, I still find just so impressive. It really should be noted, too, that the city layouts were as historically correct as they could be. Like, you're actually going through old Jerusalem, old Acre, old... Jesus, why do I always forget Damascus? Damascus. I forgot to, so don't feel bad. Like, <laughs> you're, you're actually going through as close as they could get it to historically accurate within, you know, the playability of the game. Yeah. And they and, did a very terrific job on that. And, Richard, you'll see that they will do that throughout all of their games, for the most part. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's bona fide true... When France themselves uses their render of Notre Dame to reconstruct it when it was partially burned. Oh yes, yes, I that do is remember meaningful. that in the news. God, that's really cool. Yeah, the hell I, did that I, I was floored. I remember. I think that happened before my wife passed away because I said I remarked on that. Given, of course, Ubisoft's notorious history with certain problems. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> France is kind of their backyard. They had only every obligation to make sure they did it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I do love how, how how pretty everything is. I love that it was still, I was just happy I was still having fun. Like, I wasn't really ever bored with this game. I couldn't put it down. I, th- I think I beat this game just a couple days. I just couldn't stop playing. And I was impressed. Like, I was not expecting that from this first one. Oh, for sure. I, uh, when I was playing through it again, I watched an hour-long parkour retrospective and it taught me something new. <laughs> On how to how to do parkour that fundamentally changed how good I was at traversal. <laughs> That's cool. White light, if you want to look it up. But yeah. Okay, I'm going to amend my what I said before because the fire it? happened uh, in 2019. I could have sworn it happened before my wife passed away. But yeah, I do remember. I did remark though when I heard the news of that that they were doing something right by doing that, and just it was amazing. I mean, of course, you grow up saying video games are not going to be worth anything or people when i grew up it's like it's going to be a fad and then to see it's still around and being used in such a historical way to restore some such a major historical monument i think it's very much in the same vein as like how people would say video games are not art and by doing anything related to that field will get you nowhere it's very much untrue it's the same way with yeah. like cartoons. Oh, if you keep drawing in this cartoon style, no one, no one will want you in their field. They won't take it seriously. And then, you know, lo and behold, you get hired into that field. It's kind of like dressing yeah. for the job you want. So, yeah, it's all valid. Yeah. 
But yeah, I did actually enjoy doing all the parkour too. I mean, if I had to get someplace quickly in Assassin's Creed, I just get to the roofs and run and run and eh, avoid <laughs> the guard or maybe, oh, you're in my way. Sneak <laughs> up gets, behind. Here's the blade. And it gets better. Like, you're in for a treat as we continue on through the series because this is, you know, this is one of the worst ones. And so, if this is their worst, you know, mm, you know, it goes, it, it goes, it, it goes pretty good. Oh, yeah. One issue I had. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, it was a me issue problem. I I went there. I got my first mission. I go in the I go in the you know Assassin's Creed little office place, and I'm talking to the guy, and he puts the feather out. Well, I didn't see him put the feather out, and I'm like, what the hell? Like my game glitched. I can't leave the room. So I went and re I I you know I think I yeah I, I closed everything out, restarted my Steam Deck, and then turned it back on. The same thing happened. I'm like what the hell? And I just happened to walk over, and he picks up the feather from the desk. I'm like oh <laughs> oh weird. Yeah, because you have to pick. If you don't pick it up, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. I even realized back then how weird it was that they used a white feather as their like petri dish for their blood. <laughs> yeah, I'm Makes like, that's sense, not even though. sanitary in the first place to use a picked up feather. Why on earth? Like, <laughs> I mean, the guy is dead that you're picking up blood from. So what does it matter? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you I already stabbed him usually through the neck, through the chest, somewhere. It's like, here, I'll infect you too with you know some bird avian flu or something. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're dead. It's true. True. And it was also probably the most economical thing. I mean, let me uh, Cloth, wipe yeah, my sleeve on your sh- on you so I can prove I killed you. I mean, yeah, their sleeves are already white as snow. You might as well. It'll work. <laughs> but then again, if you put wipe your white sleeve on your bloody target's neck, it's not going to be easily to wash out. But you remember, in the, maybe it's Assassin's Creed 2, but when you stab someone with the hidden blade, there is a ton of blood spatter. Yes. That happens a lot. And I'm like, isn't that supposed to be a quiet, unseen kill, you know, that really shouldn't have that much blood? <laughs> they want to make sure you knew what happened. Yeah. I also got to say in this game that when they throw rocks, man, they throw rocks with freaking precision when they get mad at you. <laughs> all the games are like that. They, these okay. guys should all be in the MLB. <laughs> there were a couple of times where I got caught climbing. They just started throwing rocks at me. And I'm like, oh, man, like, you, boom, you know, I, I already knew, like, I'm going to fall quickly if I don't. If I don't make where I'm going, I was annoyed with the archer because the archers would get mad at you on the roof and they, they attack pretty quickly. They would usually get a throwing knife in their throat, but <laughs> it was still annoying me. I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, he's in my way. He's going to, he's going to sound the alarm for no reason and I'm going to have to kill him. How many, how many times I'm curious, how many times did you guys ever use on purpose the high profile kill that was like flashier when you killed Is that someone? the one where you like jump? Oh, a lot. Oh, no, there's a standstill one where it's basically in the beginning of the game. It's the same way he killed that one guard. He, like, does this whole time and effort to, like, throw his hand up in the air. You see him extend the blade, then put it right in his neck. He, like, puts him on his knees first, you know, the, the target. I do I that a lot. I didn't do, don't think I did that at all. I there's no value in it. Profile kills. No value in it. Especially in the later games, because you'll have Wait. a new mechanic called notor- n- notoriety. And... It, even if you're totally sight unseen, doing a high-profile kill, it'll add to your notoriety for no reason. So there's no real value in it. I uh, never try. I, I cool, preferred. Though. I always preferred the uh, sneaky ones when I could. I got rid of a few Templars that way too. <laughs> Get behind them. He moves forward a little bit because it was a lot easier than just fighting them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if they and are standing up late. If they're standing up wobbling until they die, you can technically walk away and no one will even know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what were you saying, Ken? <laughs> I was saying that was the value of the high notoriety kill, is that it looked cool. Yep. And <laughs> like, laid them down so that they tough. wouldn't fall off the roof sometimes. 
it's enough. Just let things be cool. And, you know, this game, that's what I like about this game. It lets you feel cool, you know? Oh, yeah. Until you miss mm-hmm. a grab and then you look like an idiot as you fall. Yeah, okay, but which one of us wouldn't be that idiot if we actually tried that? Very true. That's Very that's true. the simulation aspect of it. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I appreciate the fact that the game can let me fail because, you know, hey, what is perfection? It doesn't exist. Altair is a goof, too. So cool that's oh, something yeah. i got in common with him good stuff i was a i enjoyed that because you could also the parkour i'm just running around doing the parkour and of course sometimes i'll just be as i'm doing the parkour i'll yell parkour well of course i mean you have to <laughs> oh, for sure <laughs> especially if you're doing something really cool like running up doing like a run up the side of a building to like kind of halfway run up the wall then you jump off the wall to the to the right or left to jump onto a beam then you start stair hopping up oh, and yeah. then you're like up a building in what you thought would have taken forever and it only took three seconds and you're like parkour although so- climbing some of those buildings was a puzzle in and of itself yep i would think that uh, a lot of games took his uh, inspiration for that oh yeah 100 breath of the wild being one of them saboteur another one which i played recently for the show <laughs> so you could tell that one also took a lot of inspiration from here and like a lot of things around this time used parkour even though i they didn't really understand it there was a movie that was released in 2008 uh called punisher Warzone. has parkour guys in there <laughs> why does it have parkour guys in there who knows but they're there and they're led by a black irishman with dreads so yeah let's hardcore parkour all the way Wild. shout out to mary poppins and the cheap uh, swimney chimney sweeps they are the original parkourers Great. and i didn't oh, realize that oh. until watching it recently Mary Poppins confirmed Assassin's Creed member. Oh, that's my yeah. God. Um, <laughs> what was his name? Bert. Bert is Bert, an assassin. Yeah. yeah. And this was taken. This was what around uh, Assassin's Creed Unity? No, it's not. Would have been World War One. More or less. In uh, if you're going to talk Assassin's Creed timeline, probably more around the time of Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. trying to say. But even Syndicate, I can't remember if that was too old. Still, I've never played Syndicate. Oh, Syndicate is great. You should. Remember when I said about the hats? They took they took my advice for that game only. <laughs> okay. Yep. Say, I've only played up to four Rogue, three Liberation, everything before that. Besides, I didn't play the, all the handheld ones yet, which I'm going to change, by oh, the way, okay, for so this you podcast. Oh, because Unity, too, then. Uh, yeah, I never played Unity, either. Unity's great. Good. I like Unity. I, honestly, look. Now that it's patched, it's better. <laughs> I can't really figure out an Assassin's Creed game that I haven't liked. This is... Without a doubt, one of my favorite video game franchises, and it all started here. I haven't played Liberation. I, I like Or the DS or PSP ones. I have a love-hate relationship with both two new current Assassin's Creed games, which is Valhalla and Odyssey. Mm. Well, they're just, they're very different games. No, uh, different's good. They're very fucking long. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> yeah, I clocked in Valhalla, I think, like 150, almost 200 hours. That's too much. Same. Yeah. And I haven't even done uh, any of the DLC. Me neither. I just stopped. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's just too many hours. Like, this game was like 20 hours, and that was enough. Like, I was very content with my playthrough of this game. I was like, you know, I put in 16, 20 hours. I have my nine assassination targets. I did I did all the missions except for I missed a couple in the first assassination by accident because I, like, my game froze, so I reloaded it. He reloaded in the Assassin's Creed office area, and I went into the door and started the mission by accident. <laughs> um, you can uh, you can also just abandon the kingdom altogether. Eventually, it'll be like, would you like to fast travel back to Masyaf? And It's like, cool. Yes, yep. I would. Thank you. 
that's what I'm going to be doing when nice. I get to that point when I'm for for on the the ch- uh, for on my channel. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, like the fact that you don't like you you have the one point where you make the run, but once you discover all the cities, you don't you can really just teleport, which is nice. Yeah, definitely that'll be a, that is a plus. I mean, kind of how they knew that their game was a little boring too. Well, the parkour the parkour, as I said to Mike, I think, and I think I said in the chat too. That gives you the flags give you incentive to explore. And if you're I'm a collector sure, collector, yeah. Well not only that, I mean there's stuff that you can learn on the way through games. I mean, I'm like I'm playing through Sherlock Holmes chapter one. And yeah, there are there is DLC that they add in that just smoothly fits into side missions to help you explore. I have not you really I haven't really overly used fast travel in that game. Although every time you restart, you restart at a fast travel point. So I always try and run back to one. But every time, I mean, fast travel, you can fast travel. You could get through the game quickly. You don't get little side missions or any added lore. And while this game doesn't have, quote, side missions, I mean, saving the citizens is a side mission. Yes. So you're going to have to go down and investigate. If you're only running from, say, mission to mission, pretty much you could just do that by just getting on top of the buildings, running the tops of the buildings, get to your location. There's no reason to explore. If you go, I mean, find your viewpoints, okay, that's a little exploration, and then you can find where every mission is, and then you could just run the top of the buildings to find each mission and do them. Yep, you're describing my MO exactly. (laughs) And when I was trying to get from mission to mission, yes, I do that. If I'm trying to get viewpoints and trying to find the other stuff, I want to explore. I want to walk around. I want to enjoy this. And when they put in this much effort to make it look so realistic, they want you to enjoy that. They want you to take it in. I would say that that is one thing that modern games do very well. We'll take it back to even like the new Star Wars game. They their level design is starting to mimic like what From Software does, but it's like one of those things where it's like you see a thing you want, a chest that has a cosmetic in it, a new thing of health, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, I need that and I want that. And so then you're looking around the environment for like, what are my traversal options? What am I doing to get up there? Things like that. The thing with Assassin's Creed One is that you can see a flag and you're like, it's just a flag. You can. And it's as cool as it is to explore and how much of a puzzle it is to figure out what transverse traversal options you have to get to it. If the reward to me isn't like appealing enough, unless you're a collector, you're just going to be like, oh, that's cool. Maybe later. And then never do it. I think modern games or just having a new, a different mechanic than the flags would have been a great way to better entice people to, you know, explore more. Even like mm-hmm. a Breath of the Wild, for instance, where it's like, there's never, once you know what the Korok seeds are and do, you may not necessarily be as enticed. But up until that point, you don't even know what your rewards even are for a lot of that. So it's it's a lot of a more of a reward for exploring what could even be considered technically more boring places like a field or just a hill randomly. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's part of what I'm at with with Breath of the Wild right now. Although I should get, I gotta get back to it. I gotten sidelined by uh, Assassin's Creed. No, actually, <laughs> uh, after getting done with Assassin's Creed and working a little bit more with the Switch, now I started playing through uh, Lego Harry Potter. I had initially got it from a do- from a child or a teenager. I'm trying to be gender neutral here on this because they, they, they identify as ace as non-binary. That's the right term there. So I'm trying to be keep that in mind. But I'm trying like 
I'm at the point in Breath of the Wild where I could just run in and try and take on Ganon. I just want to get that champion of the wild armor set up to its max before I do that. Which, of course, means getting materials from dragons, killing Lynels, which I have to admit, that's been fun. (laughs) It is. Uh, Once you know the, once you get their number dialed in, it's so fun. Oh, yeah. But, you know, just trying to get all the meaningless materials together. But again, like I said, playing this, playing the Tomb Raider games, uh, the Survivor timeline, playing this, this really adds that love for this open world exploration type of game. Gamers like to explore. What a surprise. Sometimes. (laughs) Well, sometimes, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm in that boat, too. I like it sometimes. I I enjoyed I mean, you don't have to this game, which was nice. But like in the later games, I do explore a lot. Like one thing about the assassinations that I think I, I, I noticed more at this playthrough than I didn't remember is how connected they are. Because you're being sent by your your leader to go and assassinate these people. You don't really know like everything they do. Like, you know, you know, one is a freaking like, oh, I'll, I'll heal you. But he's actually just torturing people on the side. So like there are a couple that are obvious like, yeah, they need to go. But then I, I feel like as you get farther in, you start wondering exactly why you're killing people. It isn't until later you find out that they're all Templars and they're all part of the same plot and it all has to come down to the apple of eden i mean i again subtitles would have been nice because then i could have just read everything too where it's like i don't think my brain completely understood exactly what's happening in this story if i remember correctly even your leader is a templar or something like he or he was there when they get the apple i remember like he aligns with them or well i think it was the apple corrupted him or like brainwashed him no something the power corrupted him he is power does corrupt he was yeah. part of it. That's how I took it too. Okay. There were ten. They were, you know, you're getting that they are quote nine Templars who were all part of this, but the final conspirator was your own leader. That and he that, betrayed both the assassins and the Templars to acquire the apple. Yeah, he went and full he's sending you to clean up the evidence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I'm. I, you're right. Okay, I've been looking through the li- like the I have the wiki page open too about. To four of the names on that list are actual historical figures. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and they basically, I mean, they have links, including your Robert de Sabal, Grandmaster of the Templars. Mm-hmm. But I, that was, so they, again, they really incorporate the history angle. And you can really tell it with this one, because it took so much time with it. Mm-hmm. Like, this game was in development uh, for years being a different type of game at first also did not help right yeah and you know during the first two years of its life it was that prince of persia game starting in 2006 that's when they came up with the whole assassin's creed idea like the name and then they started throwing more people at it and got it out good for them they went pretty fast, and this is also back when you... Because Assassin's Creed 2 is two years later. It's before we went into the every-year cycle, uh, unfortunately. Yes, also known as the cycle that ruined the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm. that too. And uh, to be fair, there there's kind of a weird in-universe reason why, which I don't want to get into right now. Speaking of in-universe reasons, you're also introduced to the main character of the first couple of games, which will be Desmond Miles. A man who doesn't quite know what he is, and he is apparently a bartender 
who got kidnapped by big business and they have a machine that they say goes off of animal techniques where if an eagle remembers how to fly, your goofy little twink ass sure can learn how to be an assassin or something. <laughs> yeah, they, well, then they even make a comment later in this game where it's not like he's like, I was an assassin. I'm not anymore. I'm just a bartender. I'm like, so you were trying to like it didn't again. It just doesn't. Plus, there's a lot of dialogue that can be missable if you don't go and talk to Lucy and the doctor during yeah, certain yeah. parts. As I understand it, basically, you know, the assassins kind of operate a bit like a cult. They have like communes where they do assassin training and stuff like that, whether you want to be a part of it or not. And then basically uh, Desmond here decides to do an impromptu rumspringer <clears throat> uh, where he goes to be a normie on his own and uh, picks up yeah. bartending. Um, yep. All the Templars true. find out. They kidnap him, bring him there, uh, tell him that apparently DNA stores memories. And that's really <laughs> what instinct actually is. And we just roll with it. Genetic memories. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. Like, based on the science at the time, this was actually a pretty interesting and, you know, current event that was going on. A lot of research was being done at the time for this and is still being done. And uh quote to mention, this game also takes place in 2011. There's no specific reason as to why yet that happens in this game, Correct. but we'll get there. Yes, yes that's yeah. true. <laughs> oh, this game. Okay, I see. It's been so long since I played this series. Like, I don't even. I vaguely know what you're referencing to, but I honestly, I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, so one one thing that I I guess is the reason why there's no subtitles, but it kind of pissed me off. Did anybody just kind of walk around confused whenever? Like, I think it's the first time you get out as Desmond, and they're like. Uh, the doctor and Lucy are like, we're going to go have a talk real quick. And they go to the other room. Oh, you, yeah. You can't. Get like, what am I doing? Room. I can't go to bed. I want to go to bed. But <laughs> you can actually hit, listen in on him if you go into the bathroom and listen at the vents. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. There's certain things you there's there's an achievement. I remember back in the day because I didn't get this for getting all the conversations with Lucy where you certain points you have to like, go and talk to her or stand near her to get her to talk her. There's stuff like that. I don't really know all the details. I just know that there's that was something that I missed when I played this game the first Basically time. Basically, after every single t- any single time you're kicked out of the Animus, you have to talk to her until you exhaust all the dialogue that you'll have. Eventually, she'll start you know repeating herself like you know go to bed, Desmond. And you have to do that ad nauseum until you get the achievement to pop. Okay, yeah. that's weird. Also, it's is is it was I missing something in this game? Because there's a certain thing Lucy's supposed to say that Lucy didn't say, and I'm wondering if that's the second game. What you talking about, Willis? Okay, I don't want to say because Richard no, hasn't experienced the series before. Yeah, put it oh, in the okay. put it in the chat. Oh wait, you know, I have the chat open anyhow. <laughs> you can message any one three of us directly, and we'll probably yeah. give you an answer. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for Richard, but yeah, there was something that I and I couldn't remember when she says it, but I know there's certain things that I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she says, and she didn't say it in, the, in this, and I'm like, did I miss it, or is it the wrong game? Okay, I'm, now I want to know. Let me, let me know. One other thing you can also do is pickpocket both Lucy and uh, Doctor, whatever is his name is. Uh, they're like pens. Vidic, Warren, Warren Vidic. You can pickpocket their little EpiPen thingies that are for their tablets, and that's also their password uh, for their computer. I did that to. Uh, did to the. I think you have to do it for Lucy. I think. No, I didn't someone get Lucy, Lucy's code she... in your in your locker. Yeah, that's where I found it. Oh, that's right. She puts it. Okay, yeah. I thought there was another sign too, where he, where she puts it like on the desk of the animus, and you can take it. And then Warren's is in his pocket, and you just pickpocket him. I mean, was, I didn't even know you actually, could pickpocket them. That was actually pretty uh, gratifying doing that to him. I think uh, 
pickpocketing is probably a cool mechanic in this game that I wish they kind of would have kept around. They keep it for two and three for Money. only one specific purpose, just to yeah. get, you know, well, knives. I wasn't overly money, fond of the, some of the pickpocketing until I really got down on how to do it proper. Oh, you're talking about like the bump into people stealing. I, I like I like the idea of like having to like do this little mini game of like lining up your hand with their pocket. That was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, you that's not the next game. You have to follow. I I mean, uh, pickpocketing had two sort two things. You got information in certain missions, and if you ever needed to get blades, you could easily pickpocket it off the thugs that are walking around. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not caught. Right. Maybe Although if you get into a fist fight with them, you also uh, are able to collect one that way. And the guards won't stop you because it's a fist fight. I, I have a weird question since we're on the subject of pickpocketing in the real world. Does that explain the ending without going to the next game? Which which one? So if you, you could pickpocket Lucy and the doctor for their key passcodes. Yeah. And the, the ending of this game is Desmond finally learning that I guess the trait's been passed down through his bloodline is eagle vision. You kind of get glimpses of it every time, I guess, oh, a chapter in. Yeah, the bleeding effect. Yeah, kind of get glimpses of it in between each chapter. But the game ends where Desmond ends up going to his room and there's blood written on the walls. Does, do their passcodes have files as to why that is? Or does that not, that not get fully explained? I, I think it talks about 16, yes. That's specifically yeah, that's the point in this game. Okay. Yeah. Like Wait, about the previous one. A little bit. I thought Desmond is 17. Am I crazy? No, Desmond Desmond is, yeah. Subject 16, uh, they do explore that a lot more in future games. You actually do get to... Yeah, they subtly hint at what he was about through some of those emails that you will have access to the computer. Yeah, I did I did do, I did read through some of those emails. That was... It adds to the lore. I like that. Unfortunately, in future games, they don't get as... They're, they're a lot more minutiae, dumb stuff. <laughs> more to do with what your group is about more than about lore in general. Yeah. Funny. More funny than serious, yeah. basically. Because this game doesn't really explain a whole lot in the modern day. And then from... I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff that I, that I'm remembering, because I know where the modern day goes, is from 2 and onward, especially 2. Mm. Yeah. And, like, again, my memory is so fragmented with the series, because I when I did play it, I played... One, two, Brotherhood, Revelations, all like together. Also, Ubisoft is known. I mean, they're still known for this. These games are cheap as hell. Like they just kept dropping in price, and I so well, I played them all. It, pretty quick. You know, they, to remaster them on consoles. So that's how I'm playing them. The Ezio Collection, just which is just two Brotherhood and Revelations all together. I just mm. been buying them all on Steam as they go on whenever I they go on sale. Oh yeah, Let's see, that's pretty smart to, to do. I'm going to have to make sure I put those all on my wish list on Steam so I can remember to pick them up later. I'm actually planning to, on the, with this podcast, eventually playing the DS game, which takes place one year before this game, and then the PSP game, which takes place after this game, which I have played before. The, the PSP game is vital storyline-wise, because uh, without getting into like weird spoiler territory, uh, one of the assassin missions you have is... You end up not doing it because it's a woman in disguise. Well, the last assassination you're supposed to do is you're supposed to you're sent to go kill. God, what the hell is his name? The big villain of this Ro- game, Roberto, Roberto or something. Yeah, but then you find out it's a decoy and it's a woman, so you, it's you his, don't kill her. Yeah, yeah. It it's uh the woman in the PSP version. Their relationship blossoms because I mean, <clears> technically, <throat> if Altair is his ancestor, he's got to do the do with someone oh my god so you're saying that's the thing from two yes that's that, a spoiler for richard yes that that is the point of the psp game is to explain that plot point in two 
That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> That's very cool. Well, I'm glad you do mention that because I'm not going to be playing the PSP one because I don't have a PSP. You don't need to. <laughs> it won't. Yeah, you're fine. I, I played it. You I don't always, remember anything about it other than there's a girl in it. You can always go full AC4 and get it. That's a joke. <laughs> it's a reference at the same time. Double entendre. Let's go. <laughs> I, I don't like there's nothing that special about all the assassinations. One that sticks out the most to me is the guy who poisons his guests. That's where you go uh, to the party, he starts insulting them, and then he's like, oh, hey, you all drank poison. Fuck. Oh, in AC1? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the only, the first thing that came to my mind when I, when I got to that point. I'm like, good God, this is what Dracula did. Oh, wait. Watching that one guy break that one dude's leg, it was not fun to watch. Mm. <laughs> oh, and, and they the, made that the fake priest sound. or the fake doctor? Yes, the fake doctor, yeah. And that, yeah, that was rough. Too. All of it. Ugh. Ugh. No. I, it felt good killing him. Mm. My one issue is that none of the assassinations ever felt that stealthy. You would just go in and like sometimes you might get the stealth assassination, but then you're in a you're in a freaking war on your way out every time. Yeah, I always tried to make you know be as subtle as I could going in, and it's like, no, we're not gonna let you. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, what, what are you guys talking about? All of his kills were stealth kills. <laughs> I mean, just because you had enough time to sit there and have a chat with them, have some tea. Have them explain what they did in their life, and yeah. I'm curious. Did you guys also make sure to like hit the button for like alternate camera camera angles every time the shimmer came up? Sometimes, Always. Not every time. I, for, I Always. forgot. Mm, yeah, I did that. And the only that. tangible difference is just that. Oh, he's not in my arms now. He's just standing and talking to me like a normal person. Mm-hmm. He's walking around now, insulting us. I, I love that. That's part of the animus where it's like, yeah, we have to find a way for this to make sense. So it's going to happen in a big white room. And no matter what, you get this conversation where this guy is dying in your arms, whether you stabbed him through the throat with your sword or you like threw him off a building. <laughs> it's got to make sense somehow. Mm. Well, admit that guy that poisoned everybody and killed everybody at the party. I had I enjoyed chasing that bastard down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed mean, I, think I enjoyed all the assassinations, really. I mean, some uh, the one I really, and that one was also a little bit of chance, unless you really take in all the information you gather. The next to last one, uh, Jabbar al-Hakim, if I've said that name right. A scholar using his position to seize and destroy all written knowledge in Damascus. Yeah. Oh, you're on the wiki as well. Yes. <laughs> said that earlier. <laughs> That was okay. That one was the uh, you know a more unique one because you have to go and hunt down people, and some people are aren't it. Yeah, but oh, that was so satisfying. I I have a great dislike for book burners. Don't we all? Well, we all should. We all do not. Yeah, his reasoning was also paper thin. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? Although, in some ways, I you know get some of the reasoning. Anyone who writes down something will always write it down from their point of view, which means that they can skewer it into what they say. Yep. Totally talk, if yeah. we talk religion, the Bible is the word of God as written by man. <laughs> hey, remember when you fight Robert, though, in front of King Richard? And he's just like, eh, God will decide the victor. Yeah. But then he sends cool. five guards to kill you first before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 10 guards. He's like, yeah, if you can kill these 10, 15 guys and then you can kill Roberto. Well, I guess I guess you were sent by God. He's like, I'll sacrifice 16 lives to find out. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like I was thinking, OK, I'll be a one on one fight. Nope. <laughs> you got to kill everyone else first. Oh, and you have to kill how many just to get to him first. You kill a lot of people on, uh, on the way yeah. there. Yeah. Like your sword should be rusted <laughs> and coated in blood. 
Oh God, it's just the amount of people that I killed in this game. Like that was not a. I mean, they were you know just like every time you gotta go save a citizen. Oh, here we go. Let's do a big fight. Like yeah. you, you killed it. You know, just in a staggering amount of people in this game. I wanted the game to tell me how many people I killed throughout the game, how many Rafi assassinated, because it wasn't. I can guarantee it wasn't most of them. Well, I mean, like it's not called Accountants Creed, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's Assassins Creed. Assassins kill people. Yeah, but I mean, I was killing everybody with a, with a sword all the time, just starting fights. Yeah, and of course, things reset each time you go out in the area. They reset really quick, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which is good and bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, look around for something, or I'm just, I'm taking my time, I'm enjoying the ride, you know. Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm just meandering here, you know, calmly riding my horse through the area. Assassin! Kill him! Uh, yeah, I think they were triggered... A lot by you running. If you're holding down the right trigger and you're running, like the way you're going to be playing most of this game, because you got to move fast. Well, not even holding. Is it like the right trigger and a like just a full speed tilt? The full speed gets them every time, but I think even just running will get their attention too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is he running like that? Was he in a hurry? He's going to hurt himself. Is that man drunk? <laughs> He's got and he hurts himself. I'm not going to help him. As if you weren't. <laughs> As if you're going to in the first place. <laughs> Although no, there's some, there's some dumb dialogue in here. I but hear I, dialogue, I think, and I'm like thinking, what's that fool doing climbing that wall? I don't know, but if he falls and hurts himself, I'm not helping him. And it's so crunchy. It's so crunchy. I, I've played Far Cry 3, and it's like they've never even changed mics between two years. It's so bad. <laughs> that's a good one. Honestly, hearing them talk like that, I'm like, yeah, that actually sounds like what we'd say nowadays if we saw somebody doing something like that. No, we saw somebody, no, we didn't see, we'd be like, it. we'd just be like, jump, jump higher, break, a, do a flip. That's all we, that's what you'd hear. You'd hear a thousand people saying, do a flip. You'd see some people's like, they'll be, rec- some will be recording, some will be like watching in awe, and some would be like, if he hurts himself, I'm not going to help him. Yeah. Probably going to laugh my ass off, but I'm not going to help him. You'll also hear a couple <laughs> people say, world star, just anything, you know. Oh my god, I want a modern Assassin's Creed so bad right now. <laughs> remember what, Same. Remember I, I, that's, yeah, that's one of my, I think, one of the things that I always kind of, that I wanted to, mod, I really wanted them to do a modern-day Desmond thing. I mean, a there was a crossover like in Watch Dogs where one of the people you killed was a Templar. Yes, there was. And it was, like, super oh. meta, too, because it was like, was it somebody who worked at Ubisoft? I don't remember. It was weird. <laughs> Was one of the presidents of Ubisoft that was in uh, Black Flag Four. Yeah. So like it was like Ubisoft is a software company in the Assassin's Creed universe. Yeah, blue up blue. Was it Bloom or something? Something like that. It was like a co. Was like a rival company of Abstergo. It was yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It was super weird. But, like, one of their execs who you have interactions with in Assassin's Creed 4 ends up disappearing. And, like, it's it's Ubisoft is just making, like, the MCU of video games. But they're <laughs> doing it very slowly. Very Not quiet. Well. Not as well. No. No. Well, I don't think Splinter Cell has done it yet. Did they? Did, did any of the... I guess I it wouldn't be any of them because, you know, that's all Tom Clancy stuff. Never mind. I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I say, uh, I think Splinter Cell has a Metal Gear Solid reference, so I guess that counts for something. It does, yes. That was pretty cool. No, I'm to get back to like how we were doing all those assassinations in the game. You know, I liked how each one had some sort of different background and all that, and it just shows how 
intricate the web was weaved of how to control things in the area. Yeah, they tried to get people in charge of economy, education, industry, agriculture, you know. Yeah, I mean, an arms merchant, the, the, hosp- the Knights Hospitaller. Wait, I thought when you take over something, you just hire your best friends, your your cabana pool boy to be secretary of the state and stuff like that. I didn't know you actually go after people that had importance for that type of positions. Weird. Well, I mean, this was a long time ago. Oh, okay, good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, things were different. Things were very different. <laughs> yeah. Each of those assassinations had their own tricks. To You had to get at the people. You had to get into their areas. I think the yeah, worst one was actually yeah. important. Yeah, you actually had to pay attention to it. And it Which took again, me a little while. Yeah, it took me a little while to be able to view the intel. <laughs> but once oh, I viewed it, it's like it made sense. Was there a way to view it? Yeah, by looking at the memory log. Oh, honestly, wow! I played memory game. I was like, all right, I'm paying attention. Uh, they do a quick overview when you have to like tell your handler like what you found, and mm-hmm. I just had to like memorize it. Be like, oh, okay, this is my entrance. This is my escape. Got it. Yeah, because you actually get like little maps and diagrams and. I mean, I didn't know, realize that at first until I did. I looked at it like, how do I? How would I even view the? Oh, well, that would have been nice to know earlier on in the game. Yeah, you'd think that would be its own tab in the menu more than just like searching through the memory bars. I hated the yeah. UI of this game. That's a good point. We should talk about that. The UI of this game is awful. <laughs> yes, it is. That is that is not wrong. Like, just yeah, the installing was awful. Like when I first tried to pick my profile. Like it just everything is, and even like in, the, I didn't really mess with the settings at all. It, once I was in the game itself, because like the way that I just didn't like it. Like having to go into the animus. I mean, it's cool, but like select everything, it just doesn't fit well. Yeah, and you have to get really jump out of it all the way to get out of the game, and then you have to select your profile again so you can fully exit out of the game. That was like really. It's also so- super bright. Everything's white and it, or and like light blue. <laughs> Dark mode mm. users can't handle that. Yeah, I didn't. Bo- that didn't bother me too much myself. I mean, I ha- it's. I like that you can have multiple profiles. That oh, yeah. that comes in handy. I like that. That that's a very nice thing because, like, if you want to play it for one way for one thing, one way for another thing, you know, you've got that switch between. I like that. That's a plus in my book. That'll come more in handy uh, after the, the divergence. We'll say, mm. which would be I- uh, origins. I have a weird question for Mike. Yes. <laughs> Did your buttons, because I know you were playing on PC. Everyone else played on consoles pretty much, right? I played PC. Did you guys' buttons come out? Because I used like an Xbox controller and the buttons were all over the fucking place whenever I said I was using an Xbox controller. I think like the Y button was on a trigger. The B button was on like select. And I just had to sit there and redo the whole controller map out. No, I, everything was fine for me. I didn't even use a controller. I I've never really used a controller when playing my games on a computer. I probably should. I have to get one, but I was using mouse and keyboard, which made fighting a little bit interesting because I've got to hold the right button down to go into high mode and constantly clicking the left button for attacking and, you know, doing the right combinations to do everything. But I'm used to stuff like that. That's weird. I didn't want to play this with mouse and keyboard. Like I, I started to do it like I, cause I was like, am I not going to get the controller to work? But I'm like, I, I cannot play it. I'll have to pull out my PS3 and play it that way. I cannot play mouse and keyboard for something like this. I love first person shooter mouse and keyboard, but not this. Yeah. I give you credit. Now, when you're used to doing the keyboard and that for yeah. every, pretty much every game you've played, 
it makes sense. I mean, no, that's what was our core. That's what I want to know. Our core was fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun with a capital F or <laughs> Well, it was ca- fun with a capital F U N. Without the N? I don't know. No, I had to include the N. <laughs> okay. Okay. Family friendly. Got it. Not I could imagine that. a lot of I missing enjoyed stuff. It. Oh, that's good. I was really worried. I thought maybe the somehow the just using having four degrees would be kind of wonky on certain certain like platforming. I think the only problem I had when it came to like the camera in the game is when you get into a fight and you have to have those close ups of the counter attacks or the the counter grab the can or the counter throw and all that. Because oh, so every once in a while it'd be that goddamn horrible. I have just counterattacked him with epic style and what do i see a bush (laughs) (laughs) that's classic oh classic early early cameras like that yeah i felt the camera a lot in like the the time you played an alleyway just give up (laughs) give up just run i mean the only i mean i'm like camera work with me this is the assassin altair not damian wayne (laughs) all right look I appreciate that one, Richard. High five. <laughs> I don't like Damian Wayne. The fact that you you did you did the two guns and we all had a laugh. But bringing up Damian Wayne, that's uh, it's too far, man. It's too far. Oh, hey, my apologies. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> we'll just wait till I play Gotham Knights later this year. Kenneth, you coming for me? Only yep. Damian playthrough for you? I'm not playing it. I don't have a PS5. <laughs> I don't know if he's even in the game, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, is he, not is he Robin? No, Tim's the Robin. It, it's yeah, there's no Damon in the game. Oh, oh yeah, okay. good, good, good. Maybe maybe one of his outfits might be a skin though. The only times I play, I'll play as Damian Wayne is when I have to do it for injustice, and I'll bitch about the whole time. Uh, what if that is the injustice? Oh, it is. I promise <laughs> you, it is. Catch your dorks. I mean, I, I enjoy ki- I, I enjoy try- you know having to kick the shit out of the boy. So you specifically just make him like a the, the verse player? Uh, no, when I'm doing the injustice, when I uh, do the quote ladder climbs, I have to play th- play through the whole thing for his godforsaken story. Ah, that's what I'm currently working on with all the fighting games right now. I've been working through MKX. Ooh. I mean, if we want to talk about the legacy of Assassin's Creed. Having Ezio as a guest character in Five in Soul Calibur Five was crazy. It really was. Like that was honestly, it made me buy it because yeah, I was with me. super fanboy obsessed at that point. The Witcher Two had a very small, small cameo in the very beginning where you can see. Uh, maybe it's only in the enhanced edition. I don't remember, but in the very beginning, you will see uh, a dude in white next to a hay stack because he missed, and Geralt will just say. Dang assassins, they'll never learn. <laughs> That's really cool. So, like, it, it has had a huge, massive influence. It has a, like, I'm not going to say it was a great movie, but it was a pretty good movie. Like, Assassin's Creed is so much bigger than, let's be honest, it probably should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it's grown by leaps and bounds and encompasses so many different things. And it all started here with a game that even Ubisoft was surprised did as well as it did. Which was kind of its own curse, too. Yeah. True. Yeah, because you, 
Yeah, I mean, much as I love this series, I I, I think I've, I've loved every game I've played, except for three, and I'm looking forward to going back to three. Just looking here, Assassin's Creed, the series, is one of the top, is among best-selling video game franchises. Apparently, at least 200 million copies yeah. have been sold. Let's see, like it just says like 200 million on the wiki page. Just a, a heads up, because uh, down the line stuff. Do not buy Assassin's Creed 3 for the Switch. I think I'll keep my Assassin's Creed games on the computer. Thank you. Yeah, that that's fine. Because uh, I think I was I was looking into it because I was like, I could buy all of them for the Switch. That way I can play them at work if I start running into time and stuff like that. And I think one of them was like, oh, yeah, Assassin's Creed 3, the remaster for the Switch is not a remaster. It's just the Wii U port. God, oh, that's mm. terrible. Yeah, no. it's fucking weird. <laughs> every, um, every single game has pretty much, I think... Uh, been put out on the main consoles, your Xbox, your PS4, mm-hmm. or five, or whatever. So no. there, there are plenty of ways yeah. to, to see them all. Well, not wait, no, you... no, not not a, not AC one at least on um, uh, yeah PlayStation anyway. That's the problem. AC one still has yet to receive like the treatment that every other game has. Like Assassin's Creed three has been released, Rogue's been re released, um, Liberation has been re released. All of these were on last gen systems. Except for one. Right. And that took an outside help just to get it to where it is on Xbox. Where... Which is a bummer. So they're uh, they're coming out with Mirage, which is the newer one, which I don't think has a release date, does it? I I heard. This like, year. Yeah. 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 It's still this year. Yeah. That game, because from what I know from that game, they're getting rid of all the RPG elements and they're going to try to make it play like the original trilogy. They yeah. really... They with that they really need to do a Dead Space and just remake Assassin's Creed One to get people back in the series. There's been rumors. There have really? been rumors of a remaster or remake that have been prevalent for the last couple of years, mm. especially since say. last year was the 15th anniversary of the OG Assassin's Creed. That it was, but it just kind of came and went with you know. No attention paid to the progenitor of the entire series, which is a big damn bummer because honestly, I do think this is one of the better Assassin's Creed games. You know, I may have had different thoughts about it at the time, but I don't know. This most recent playthrough, it felt like a breath of fresh air to me. I I I enjoyed this one. I mean, again, I loved going I mean, traveling around in this beautiful part of the world from that time. The music was beautiful. I loved the music. I was just listening to some of it before we started the Skype call because I found it on YouTube. Like a 41-minute soundtrack, which, to be honest, I could say that could be a little bit longer considering some other games from that time were doing like a couple, were doing like nine-hour soundtracks or something like that. Consider that this was like early Jesper Kid. Mm. Like he would, he'd go on to do some of the most, you know, some of the biggest awesome soundtracks in video game history. I have to look up his uh, record here. So. Yeah, like he's done a lot of the Borderland games, uh, State of Decay. Huh. Let's see what else. Uh, Dark Siders Two, uh, Soul Calibur Five. that's probably why they were able to get uh altair in there too uh kane and lynch dead men which come on guys awesome hey i played Uh, it 
Play the Tom first Clancy's, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell uh, Chaos Theory, Hitman. Like, Jesper Kid's done a lot of good music for a lot of good games, including Adventures of Batman and Robin for the Genesis. I love that soundtrack <laughs> so much. Yeah, it goes way harder than it needs there. to. Oh, yeah. But what would be if there was a game, or sorry, if there was anything um, you'd want touched up the most from a, from a remake of Assassin's Creed, what would it be? Because for me, I think all the original games suffer really bad when it comes to horseback and how it feels to ride on a horse. That probably could be improved. I mean, uh, like I was just mucking about with it before uh, a little bit earlier today and also trying to see if I could figure out where the damn la- that one damn flag was. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't. That, that's just crazy talk right there, those, those damn flags. Well, I wanted to get everything for the for the podcast to fully, you know, also explore the area. And it's a good, like I said, those flags and that, Templars hunting them down, that's actually very good incentive for exploration. And rescuing the citizens, good also for exploration. Getting the viewpoints, good for ex- exploration, good for getting your map clear, because a clear map helps you maneuver better. Getting rid of the Templars, well, that just makes things a little bit easier for you. <laughs> I I know it's kind of weird, but like the one thing that I wish they they kind of do it in two, but I, I kind of wish that they would include more weapons and give up more weapon variety with stances and stuff like that. Because I know one of the one of the big issues with this is you have sword and then uh, you have your hidden blade, which I don't even think has an attack. I think you just assassinate people with it. Yeah, and you have yeah you have the short sword, which I don't really think what there really was a big difference in using switching between the two. Mm. Yeah. It's I all don't just think a I difference ever... in counters, really, and what they, and I think how much time you might have had to perform a counter because I think you could yeah. use the hidden blade to counter, but it's such you a can. tight window. It's like a perfect yeah. carry. Um, yes. back when this game came out, a, fr- a friend of mine he had a friend that would that was trying to kill the Templars, but he would only do it with the hidden blades. You have to counter like really, yeah, it's really tight countering. Yeah, same. That's I just say too much. Any complaint about weapon variety? gets they, they put it this way they heard us from this game they they heard yeah they're like oh you want weapon variety play two yeah but also when you think about it, you're seeing set in a time in which the prevalent weapons were blades and crossbows at best in terms of how modern yeah yeah so you can't really do much with your weaponry there exactly like i think the weapons for this game work being the limited choices Future games obviously go ham with your weapon choice, which, you know, that's whatever, I suppose. But I don't I wouldn't want to see more weapons added to this in the interest of historical accuracy. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. What I would like to see in a remake remaster would be, um, for the love of Christ, fix Altair's goddamn voice. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't, don't right, make it sound more like it, it comes better. from the time frame. Yeah, and or if you're, gonna, Damn it. if you're gonna make it so that he sounds different from the time train, just go to full Keanu with it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know that my problems with being an assassin would end up getting my boy's brother killed. Oh, I like, thought everything gonna, was true, man, and nothing was permitted, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like if you're gonna make it dumb, make it dumb, but or at least. Fix the voices. I'd like to see more dense crowds. Oh yeah, like, I would think there's some unity stuff they could absolutely incorporate oh, yeah. in terms of crowd density and some oh, of the yeah. traversal. Like it's still original Assassin's Creed, but like the updated, 
you know, going up and down system yeah. would be cool. Like, give me, give me the updated traversal system from like Unity forward. Give me like the engine with the environments and everything. Like, I would love to see Double some bugs. of yeah, like the interiors of these like intricate temples and mosques just look resplendent. Like that would be amazing. But don't change the format. Don't change the function. Keep the mechanics the same. Don't make it like, you know, the other Assassin's Creed games. Keep it like it is so people can actually get a chance to experience what made this game special. Yeah. And you know they would change it, though. Well, they would change certain things, I'm sure. Like, you'd probably be able to, like, ledge assassinate and whatever. Assassinate from cover, potentially. I did miss I did miss those things, yes. There's, like, normal enhancements like that. But, like, in terms of, like, maybe it's structure and things like that, there's absolutely a lot of what makes it what it is. Maybe as you get more skill in and your synchronization bar increases, maybe improve the odds of you t- doing a stealth kill. Or even multiple stealth kills. I don't know, because he's already supposed to be pretty good. He just loses his equipment with his rank, not necessarily. That was what was yeah. weird. Yeah, he like lost the ability to ledge grab somehow magically, right? Or am I crazy? And he's com- apparently not- has no no swimming skills whatsoever in this game. <laughs> Nobody yeah. has Assassin's Creed. Not until much later. No, in two. Wait, in two? Can't you swim in two? Or is it still? Yeah, is it, I mean, otherwise, Vanessa would be a nightmare for anyone who was living there. No, uh, you can't swim in two either. You, you you can swim in three. I think three is the one where you're able to swim. I think okay. so, yeah. I'm pretty sure you, you pretty sure you can swim in two. I'm like thousands percent sure you can swim in two. I know it's not an instant death like it is in this one, but... There would be no way. You wouldn't be able to play Venice. You wouldn't be able to do anything. There's plenty of things to hop on in Venice. Gondolas and piers. Oh, true, but like if you miss, I don't know, it'd just be instant. It'd be instant death. There'd be like no way. Only we I... had a way to answer this question instantly. I'm doing it now. Hold on. Look up the Game Same. Informer, uh, their cover story, which I poured over. And one thing I really hated about this game was like the amount of puddles that were in it, or rather that were supposed to be in it, and they weren't. And sorry. Puddles? You can swim in two. Okay, okay. yeah. But the guards can't puzzles? swim. No, so Alan puddles. wasn't wrong. He just had the wrong people that can't swim. But yeah, the guards can't swim in two. So okay. if you knock them in the water or hurt, yeah, they just die. Yeah, I remember that because I pushed a couple of them, like grabbed okay. them intentionally and like threw them off the pier. Well, they're wearing heavier clothes. So. Oh, that's true. I mean, there's not a lot of like, like, water hazards in this game. Only like in the just one part in Jerusalem when you're near the when I was going after the last assassination. Yeah, like the 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 separation between the rich district, I think, and the poor district is like a a river, a canal. A yeah, moat? there's a canal and the Damascus. A moat, that's what it is, yeah. Hey, that sounds about yeah. right. One thing that always comes to my mind, a real-life thing, is that I remember when I was a kid, someone told me in Milwaukee, which has a river that runs through it at one point, like, the people on the on the one side of the river didn't like the other people on the other side of the river. That's true. Okay. I, I figured, because even, even, like, when I lived there, when I, I graduated in 06, and, yeah, the same, Milwaukee didn't like the other side of Milwaukee. Like, the north side didn't like the south side, <laughs> and the south side didn't like the north side. Other reasons that I'm not going to go into in here, but, yeah, that sounds about right. <sighs> yeah, there's my <laughs> fucking. I mean, that would have taken. I mean, if I had to change it, if I would have had to change anything, like with a remaster, one, yeah, I'd like these buildings to look a little bit graphically better. I'd like to see some that you could be able to, like, when you have a window or something that you could go in or let you go in. I mean, God, that'd be a great ad- additional hiding technique. Right now, the only hiding techniques they have is, okay, jump in the hay or jump in one of these things that are on top that looks like covers 
but great hiding place. And that I'm improves like, more in, in the future. It's too bad. It's not like a saboteur. There's no hiding spot where you just go and start kissing a girl and sneak into her room, and that's how you hide. Oh, please. You think Altair girl. knows what sex is? <laughs> well, he's got to have family later. Yeah, I mean, not now, but, you know, give him time. <laughs> He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. I mean, he's literally honestly, like, I've I studied the blade. Those, I look at those hiding spots that are on top of the buildings. You could jump in them, and you're hidden from them if they didn't see you go in. And they come. Uh, we lost him. We lost him. I just half wanted one. Maybe he's in this thing here. What are you, a fool? You pop well, out of it after they're gone. No idiot would hide in this thing right after we just watched them run up this hill. <laughs> again, that as a as a mechanic gets a little bit more refined in the next game. Mm-hmm. Again, mean, if, yeah. If most of the problems you're having right now with AC one, they uh, they get ironed out almost immediately. It's it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I think I even talked about this. Uh, on our last podcast with Portal 2. This new time frame between 2010 onwards, any sequel that came out just could not miss when it came to being an improvement. Borderlands 2, AC2, Portal 2, Gears of War 2, Modern Warfare 2. Anything with a 2 was almost printed money. Yeah, there's all... And well, you always expect the second to be better, a little bit better than the two. first. Yep. Two guns. Kane Lynch 2. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I like Kane Lynch 2. Thank you. I own it. I have to play it. I should. I mean, I've got, well, I mean, I played a bunch of games where, you know, you have to in a series and yes, the sequel should be a step up. It's always should be a step up. So many can miss the mark. I mean, let's face it, even Mega Man. First one didn't sell well here in America. Mega Man 2, boom, gold. Resident Evil 1, that was a joke for a lot of people here in America. Then Resident Evil 2, whoa. So, you know, 2s should be better. I do like Resident Evil 2. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and it kind of, I kind of want to talk about the ending of this game. Like, I was surprised because I, like, I remembered bits and pieces of the story. And the game just kind of ends after you, like, you do your Altair stuff, which I want to talk more about. You kill, the, you know, the leader in my stuff. You find out that he's a Templar, essentially, and that he betrayed you. But, like, in the, in the, in the modern day, like, the whole thing, like, they're trying to find out where the, they get these random coordinates that the Golden Apple shows them in the past. And then, and then they're like, yeah, and then on the phone, which I feel like Desmond can hear, the guy's like, well, just execute him. You don't, we don't need him anymore. It's like, really? Should you be telling that when the guy's not even tied up or anything? Yeah, we're just going to kill him. Like, that's yeah, fine. Well, they didn't do that on the phone. They were just in the meeting room on the other side of the window. <laughs> oh, okay. But you can hear it just fine. Well, yeah, you're sitting there right between the other two. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to kill him. <laughs> you're going to kill who? The ending was me? Real, also uh, just, wait a second, guys. Yeah. It's so abrupt, too, because like to, 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 to like initiate the ending, you had to go into your room and use Eagle Vision, right? Yes, yeah, I think so. It just kind of happened. Poof, credits. That yeah, ending. It, it's kind of, it was kind of weird. It caught me off guard because of stuff that I know from the future. I'm like, wait, isn't that? But yeah, it really just like there was a there was a scene that I was waiting to happen, which a Joe confirmed for me is is game two. <laughs> and so. it's also is it because literally you're like, wait a minute, am I just gonna die? Is this the end? It's yes. <laughs> I'm gonna I did say all this. this. That's the kind of ending that if I had played this back when it came out, if I had the feasibility to play it back when it was when it came out. I mean, what was it on when it first came out? PlayStation Three, Xbox. I didn't have either of those systems. Mm-hmm. So I would have never played if I would have gotten through to that ending and I'm like, God damn it. Why the fuck is this ending like this? I hate when shit ends on a cliffhanger, especially 
when you don't know if they're going to be able to pull off a second. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. If a movie, if a book, if a TV show ends on a, if it, if the latest installment ends on a cliffhanger and then there's no resolution. That is my biggest fucking pet peeve when it comes to anything, literature, in whatever form media it takes. It only well, works. you'll enjoy the rest of the series then a lot. Yeah, but it really only works when they do what they do with two, and that is where it picks off literally the millisecond where one ends, which is nice. Yeah. Most games will be like, it ends, it seems like a cliffhanger, but whatever, just, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens between that first and second game, there's always this unplayed, unseen, just told to you gap in time. Did uh, Was Ubisoft printing out money at this point? Because I feel like if this game hadn't done good enough, that would have been a pretty bad cliffhanger. Uh, no. This, what, yeah, they were not where they are now. Again, because their biggest moneymaker was Splinter Cell. Weird. Yeah, I mean, so once Graw 2 and like Raw came out, that's when like things were like kind of up a little bit. Rainbow Six Vegas, which again, 2 was amazing. Like this hinging the ending of this game as a cliffhanger, it, it was a shot that they took and it worked out for them. It worked out for us. You know, we're all we're all feeling a little bit better about that. And well, we definitely got the answer to what happened. Hey Ken, would you say that they, they had big balls, two big balls when they made that kind of move there? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean eventually they added multiplayer, which we had not touched on. It doesn't matter because it's not relevant, but then you know, the era of the season pass became a thing yeah, on man. top of annual releases, franchise fatigue. It just it lost sight of itself. I mean, like, even in this game, like, you have no idea what the Apple of Eden is. You know, you see that it mind controls a whole village, you know, yeah. when you go there to go kill your master. But you really have no idea what the subplot of everything else is going on, which I don't want to say on here for Richard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every, like, and, and that's what's so cool. Like, when I was replaying this, I'm thinking about, like, man, it's just so, it's such a, cont- a contained story. It's kind of like watching the first season of Lost. You don't know what's going on. You're so excited for more. But at least in Assassin's Creed, you actually get answers to most of your questions. I'm like, Lost. You know what? Okay. We've talked about this before. Do not badmouth Lost in front of me (laughs) because that's an entire episode. And I don't even want to get into it right now because I know. I know. I've been very good this episode. I have watched my swearing. But if we get started talking about Lost, ooh. Anyway, this. You can swear. It don't matter. You know I swear all the time in here. I know. I'm just trying I, to be good. Dang. I haven't wa- played the Lost video game. Is that any good? No. Hey, no, right, I beat it then. I have thousand pointed it. It it's fine. Yeah, it's nothing special. I've never I've never gotten into lo- the series Lost. That was something my late Lost wife got heroes into. Heroes are like my white whale that I need to watch and, and like see if it how it is. Same. I recommend. I, mean, the, I the only thing I know about Lost is I know of the numbers. I'm thinking of Black Ops when you have eight six seven five three zero nine. Those numbers? No, not those numbers. Okay. Numbers, oh, Mason. What do they mean? Oh, you mean the <laughs> numbers and loss? You mean the numbers and loss? If you put them into the main menu of the Xbox, you can unlock like real life cheat codes. Yeah, those numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No clips in real life. Let's go to the back rooms. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, any actually... last things you guys want to say about the ending of Assassin's Creed before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? You know, the Grandmaster, sorry, your your former mentor, his boss fight is pretty cool. A little kind of yeah. weird and janky at times, but watching him clone himself and fighting all these clones and, like, doing all that was really was really cool. I would agree I, with that. I agree, too. It was almost Gray Fox, Middle Gear Solid-esque. Yes! 
Yes, exactly. That's what it reminded me of. Thank you. And now that I think about it, it does have similarities because it's a stealth title, but also they crossed over too, again, to talk about its legacy with when it crossed over with MDS4. Oh right? yeah, I forgot about that. Or Peace Walker, <laughs> was it? It was Peace Walker. Yeah, I don't know. Do no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, M- it's MGS4. You can dress up Old Snake as uh, Altair's outfit because you're mm-hmm. fighting in the Middle East. And I believe MD- there's documentaries where like Hideo Kojima was talking about how like Assassin's Creed came out and he was like, oh no, <laughs> we there's I'm fundamentally behind on how world building and stealth is or something. And he was very, let's say he was, he was a big fan of AC. But yeah, that's my, that's my take anyway. Yeah. I, the, I did enjoy the, I mean, the ending, like I said, I mentioned my own quips about that. Although I must say, ending wise, that build up, that fight with Al Mualim, Al Mualim, I believe. Ah, uh, yeah, Al Mualim. That fight was that was tricky and tough, and it's mm-hmm. a fitting final battle in a game. And then mm-hmm. the ep- the reveal of what the the information in the Apple of Eden, beautiful, even more beautiful. And then you get that. Back in the real world and the the whole you know eagle vision and seeing the the writings on the wall you know let let you know after an epic battle and a reveal of those facts and your life getting spared at that last minute but then you have that mystery of that right of the I think that in some way it was who knows if if they put it in there to begin with like I said I don't like it when they put it, let give a to be continued type thing but. In this case, maybe it was designed that way to get people interested for a second entry. Yeah. And they were just hoping it worked out well. I guess <laughs> yeah. it did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get that high, you get that completion, end of story feeling. Uh, what's this little hook here? And then really make the hook big. Like, I I think I enjoyed the battle more than that last reveal there. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. <laughs> okay. Right, let's go on to common questions. Remember, I... Did get a, I did get a few. So I'll just start, I'll first I'll start with the I watched the entire Orbital Super Replay group. I got from a spicy one to start with from R. Philip Provincio. Least favorite Assassin's Creed that I played. I think it's the worst at telling the player what they're supposed to be doing. From Nabil Azui. It's definitely age and it's the only one in the series that is hard to play today. It's still a fun game with a solid story despite its flaws, like a 7 or 8 out of 10. Okay. From Lucas Lanucci, a game I wish they'd fully remake. I've loved the story, the location, the eerie atmosphere, the environments, but the gameplay loop has not aged well. The parkour is still pretty impressive, though. I get it, but I, I like the gameplay loop in this, though, as we've said already earlier. Oh, yeah. From Stephen McNeely, I knew nothing about this game outside of some stuff that was in Game Informer. I went to GameStop tra- and traded in some stuff in and was looking around. I found that big metal case collector's edition for AC and bought it. I've been in love with the series ever since. I could see that. It was nice. Uh, from Carl Klein, AC1 is still my favorite in the series. The only one that doesn't have 50 million treasure boxes together. It feels way more focused than any other entry in the series. Appreciate it. Yep, this is a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, that's also true. Mm-hmm. From Nick Levack, one of the first games I played on 360 felt massive and like a true generational leap coming from the sort of games I played on OG Xbox and PS2. A lot of the first for me between the parkour system, exploring the world on horseback, and digging into the lore of a game setting the story. The modern-day frame narrative was pretty novel at the time, and I don't think the series ever really recaptured the levels of intrigue AC1 provoked in players. Yeah, I think 2 does it too, but it it, it goes away after 3, and and that's why I fell off, in my opinion. I think played a part in it. 
And I got one more from the Scroop Antone trailer. When I first played it, it didn't click with me, and I and I returned it to GameStop. I only gave it another shot after AC2 released to rave reviews. I told myself to finally try it just so I can get to the sequel, and after some time, it finally clicked with me. The lore had so much potential. I haven't played some Black Flags. So I don't know if there are any payoffs later in the series. I can't even remember, so I can't tell you. It's so, there are. It's so self-contained for the most part that okay. they're... There are payoffs, but they're more like, you know, they're callbacks to it. You know what I mean? No, there's full jumping the sharks like they're they've entered like a whole the whole new whatever they're doing with the games. And I remember I'm glad at least I played Valhalla, which is a later entry, because the the ending to the main story for that has a really interesting payoff. And I really want to see where it goes. Oh, OK. I think I know what you're talking about. Never mind. You're right. Yeah. Like I beat the game and I'm like trying to like oh, what happened all of a sudden because it's been I haven't touched it since I beat it. I do want to play the new ones. I really want to play Origins. I bought that. I'm like, you I'm going to play this. Calendar. Haven't touched it. Well, yeah, I know. But I like to do things in order sometimes. Or- Origins is really is really funny because without really spoiling a lot of it, because I know one thing that they confirm, they confirm uh, dev-wise, but they confirm in Origins is that the Assassin's Creed symbol is the bottom of a hawk skull. Yes. Yeah. And then the the reasoning as to why in earlier models of the Assassin's Creed Blade, why there's a finger missing. And it's probably like the funniest scene in the whole game. Yeah, because that I mean, the whole thing about, you know, you're missing a finger because you're an assassin. Well, that don't really matter because like nobody else but Altair is missing a finger. Oh, that is weird. I never noticed that. Yeah, nah, it, it, they, they changed it. So. Lucy doesn't have a finger. Yeah, we'll try not to spoil that. <laughs> it's in this game. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You see it. You know, we got to see it. Do I thought I looked and I thought she had all her fingers in this one. No, they like they don't go out of their way to point it out. But if you're paying attention, you yeah, absolutely you see, it. see it. OK, never mind. Never mind. I, I thought I looked I looked at her hand and I didn't catch it. But then maybe I was playing on a Steam Deck and I didn't. Yeah, I did not notice that. Oh, Richard, did you Wait, notice it? What? Missing finger? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, she's missing a finger in this game. We'll leave it at that, but she's missing a finger. Well, but Joseph, isn't the uh, in Valhalla, isn't the people who were there from the assassins, are they not missing a finger? I don't remember off the top of my I'm head. I'm pretty sure they I, are. And the only I reason think they that are. your character isn't in Valhalla is because she put it on wrong, technically. Yeah, he, yeah he, wears, he wears it backwards like a huge asshole. And the guy that gave it to him makes a comment. He's like, you know you're not wearing that, right? He's like, you gave it to me. I get to wear it how I want it. Because I know in 2, they explain why he's not missing a finger. They did. And it's I feel like two. in three, he's not missing a finger either. The, okay, I'll, I'll give you the lore reason. It's it's a double it's a double purpose thing. Losing your finger a guarantees your loyalty to the to the cause. That's their thing. But also, it's because the way that the hidden blade is originally designed, it's gonna be in the way of where your ring finger is. So it has to go. And then in two, Leonardo magically. Oh, sorry, spoiler. But whatever. The point is, he designed it differently. It doesn't require a finger to be gone. Anyway, yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one spoiler i'll give you anyway uh, okay and then from the official laser time community i got a couple from luke betty i remember being so impressed by the e3 gameplay video for the first game that was on the game trailers website way back when i swear the lady playing the game unintentionally died and messed up what they were trying to show but it didn't stop me from watching the video a ton of times i got it soon after it came out and i really liked it and did eventually beat it. Despite that, I never have an urge to play any of the other games in the series and haven't been able to get back into any of the times I tried it since then. Okay. Hmm. I mean, it's a slow burn. What can you say? Yeah. It's, it was bold of them to put, to put you in an open world game. And by default, you're walking as your speed. So, yeah, not that open worldy. And then yeah, from, was, oh, sorry, Ken. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that was a pretty bold choice and one they definitely did repeat again. 
but I think it really does make the game. I'm glad you have the horseback for the kingdom. Same. And from Jason Heiser, I played through the Ezio Trilly first, then tried this. I think it came with Revelations, and I just couldn't get into it. I think I was spoiled by two in Brotherhood. I didn't hate it by any means. It just wasn't the experience I was hoping for. Someday I'd like to give it another shot. Again, I, I really believe that if you have played two in Revelations and Brotherhood and three and four, like it will, it, it can damper your experience with this game, I think. Oh, yeah, it definitely can. It, will. it didn't yeah, affect me because I haven't played. God, the last, my, the last Assassin's Creed game I played Liberation, which was before I started this podcast. So that's over four years ago. So it's I mean, been long enough that like, I remembered things, but it wasn't fresh enough in my memory to where it bothered me. I think this game is best like tailored to people who had no expectations going in. Yes. Because for me, it, was, it wasn't a game on my radar at all. Um, I just got it for Christmas because it's just what there was out at the time. And uh, I just remember being blown away by it, by how different it was from anything else I'd ever played. I didn't even play the Sands of Time or any Prince of Persia before that. So as a, just a, a world to explore, I didn't. It was all new to me. It was awesome. Okay. And let me see. All right. And then I have... Okay. From Chris Murray, it was nowhere near as bad as the critics were making it to be. It definitely did not deliver in the hype, but overall fun, but short experience. That's always nice. And these are from the Giant Bomb group. From Andrew Andrew Lean, what I really liked with the original game is that the targets felt important since there were less of them and you had to build up to them by doing reconnaissance, preparing for the assassination. Having just played Odyssey, I like seeking out the Cult of Cosmos members because it felt similar and they were important targets that you actually had to put in some work to find. Fucking okay. hate that, that those things they added in that game. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I have no idea what, what they're talking about. So, if, 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 if I Creed Superman, if I if I might, you know, divulge real quick. Basically, in a uh, do you ever see uh, what's that Lord of the Rings game? The one where you plays Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Anyways. There's like there's like a weird system where you basically there's cult members and you have to kill cult members, but you can't find oh. all of them. Oh, the Nemesis. Yeah. Mordor, you must be talking yeah, about. Nemesis. Yes, the Nemesis system. It's basically the Nemesis system. And basically, in order to find the higher up members, you have to kill the lower member, the lower members. And they also drop like armor equipment and stuff like that. But it's so weird because they you have to find them in specific ways or you have to find clues to figure out who they are. And sometimes it's just a huge pain in the ass. But because Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft, you have really dumb moments where you could be doing a main mission and you kill a guy and you go, oh, look, that was a cult of the member cosmos. Congratulations. You jumped like three ranks and now you know who like five people are. And it's like, thanks, Ubisoft. <laughs> and they do that in Valhalla too a little bit, right? With some of those uh, the knight characters I can't remember the name of. Yeah, they continue it in Valhalla as well. And that's the how you get like people. That's how you get the, the Thor armor and you can get Thor's hammer. And I need to play. I look forward to playing more of the series. I really do. I'm going to try to blow through the series quick on the podcast. So people are going to hear a lot of Assassin's Creed over the next couple of years. Honestly, I just think what you get out of the games will literally just be morph as the games progress, basically. So yeah. we'll go from like, you know, I think a lot of like the lore implications and fun, like stealth of mechanics and things like that. And then it'll morph to, oh, I just really like, you know, the, the gameplay aspect of it. And the exploratory RPG elements and things like that, watching the numbers go up. It's yeah. just it's an, it's an interesting gamble that they took, and it's interesting how how it's panned out. All right, and last one from Giant Bomb Group from Kane Dietzel. I think it would do really good with a remake, but I want it to remain largely the same, but with a graphical update, keep it as linear as it is, and retell the story of Altair. It's kind of what you guys were talking about earlier too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, yeah. Needs, it just needs some Unity gameplay polish, and that's about it. Oh yeah. Okay, and I got. One last one to read from the Assassin's Creed group. I got one comment from Michael O'Grady. First impressions, Assassin's Creed is one of my all-time favorite game fr- game franchises, at least now it is. 
when I first saw it, when it came out, Assassin's Creed one, I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. I mean, honestly, what kind of dipshit assassin goes around dressed in white proper assassin wear should be black. <laughs> so it can blend in with the night. They didn't, they don't go on daytime missions. That is idiotic. As far as I was concerned, the only reason assassins should wear white is because some, yeah, we're not going to read that. So <laughs> seeing the promotional footage for AC two changed all that. However, I thought that maybe I had been a bit too hasty. In my assessment decided to go back and give AC one a try. And it was on special at the time. Before I tried AC2 and found that I actually enjoyed it. Fun All fact, right. they'd still be wrong if, even if they wore black. They're supposed to wear blue. I learned that from uh, How to Be a Ninja. Oh. <laughs> video on YouTube. Yeah. Because <clears throat> black only works in modern times, but because of like pollution, light pollution or whatever. But uh, for like natural light, moonlight, it'd have to be blue. Oh, that's cool. That is yeah, like yeah. Blue. Interesting. Yeah, I learned something new I did not know. Interesting, yeah. See, this is why you listen to games my mom found. You learn new facts. You don't get C-facts anymore, because we stopped that years ago. But now you get ninja facts in case you want to assassinate somebody in the past. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I remember the C-facts. Oh. Yeah, I do, too. They were fun. But when I, after Stu and them left, it, it didn't continue. That's fine. <laughs> Instead, you just get fucking two guns now on everything. <laughs> no, so. just when you're around. I'm usually quiet about it most of the time. See, just because we recorded twice in a row in, in the same weekend, so that's also the reason why you got it double the fun. Awesome. Great. Cool. Love my life. Thanks, guys. <laughs> double annoyed again. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that joke is I only stuck did, I only did it there at the beginning because I wanted uh, to just get it across to Mike. It's like, I'm not going to, we're not going to get let you get this joke out again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted a reason. I, we, I had to give a reason to, to make him a target. Let's go to Shelf Stacker Box and Ken. What about you? You know, I love this game. I I really really enjoy my time with it. That said, I'm actually going to put this on the stack until it gets an easily accessible modernization. Because hooking up my PlayStation Three every time I want to play it, it makes me not want to play it as much. Honestly, that's the only reason it's on the stack. Though this is a shelf worthy game. That is on the stack because Ubisoft doesn't like free money. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, what about you? Uh, I also agree with Ken. This is going in the stack for me, mainly because I only paid like played like ten percent of this game. And yeah, I mean, no, I don't blame you. Yeah, but it's not going in the box because technically, I do believe nothing in this series should be skipped, even if it's really, really, really bad. But uh, it still pretty much holds up for a decent 360 PS3 era game. I am also still holding out that we will get a decent remaster of it. Okay. And I'll go next. I'm going to put this on the shelf. I had a great time with this game and I couldn't put it down. I, again, came in with no expectations and I was just having a blast. And I realized I really like open world games lately where I just get absorbed into them and I just keep playing. And that and that's what this game did to me again. But this was a very fun experience. Not as much fun as the Saboteur, but it was it was more fun than Infamous 2. I can say that. So. A great time going on the shelf, and so glad, so glad I replayed it finally. Uh, what about you, Richard? Uh, I'm gonna put it on the shelf as well. I I enjoyed this. The music was beautiful. The look was beautiful. It really made me appreciate why my my late gram, late paternal grandmother had enjoyed. Always wanted to go to the Holy Land. So I love the historical aspects that they threw into this game. I could have done without some of the those like. I think maybe with the collection stuff, they could have toned down the number. I mean, that's a hard no- – 100 is a very hard number to keep up with entirely to get to find everything. I mean, the Templars were a little bit easier to 
locate like in the cities and all that, but and then they had some bugs in it. I mean, there's one, apparently one a bug that causes you to, if you grab a flag that's too close to a, one of those uh, memory barriers, it doesn't count, even though you grab it. So that's a bitch thing there. But I mean, uh, I've had my own gripes with some of the stuff, but overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. I Like I said, as you said, I didn't want to necessarily put it down. I had to because I'm looking at the time like it's almost I should be getting to bed soon or <laughs> I have to start work soon so I can't, you know, do that. And it's not your main stuff is not overly out of the way or difficult to do. So it was uh yeah, definitely a, a, a definitely a shelf. I mean, like I said, the only negative I would say though over like and of course how that ending looks out there, that would been if it hadn't been so captivating. I would put it. I would have put it on the stack, but it's shelf. Okay. And what about you, Alan? Man, it, this is actually one of the tougher ones to decide. I think ultimately, though, just because I've been thinking about it this whole time, I'll probably end up putting it on the stack. Um, okay. As much as I'd like to put it on the shelf, whenever I think of like Assassin's Creed games I want to play, this one always will get my you know get its hooks into me anytime I do pop it in. But my immediate thought is to always jump to two or three. It, it, they're improved upon so much on anything that I will gripe about in Assassin's Creed one that I would much rather put those on the shelf before AC one, but uh, it's definitely worth playing. So it definitely has a, like it's at the top of the, of the stack. Okay. And then you guys will hear us talk about two later this year. We're doing two for sure. And you remember to go buy it at some point. So I, I'm excited. I'm really excited starting to in on it after uh, we're done at some point after we're done recording here that you get to look forward to in the future. I think it July. I have it on the list. So I we'll think see. that's so. Yeah, but that's coming. And the next game that you can for next week's episode, I want to announce what I'm going to be playing. You get to hear me talk about Mega Man 9. So that will be next week's episode. So look forward to that. We continue our quest through all the Mega Man series. I haven't Slowly finished that one. Oh, yeah. well hard as hell i can say that cheated, but it's hard as hell so i will say that and richard where can people find you at well, as i said at the top of the episode you can find me uh find my stuff up on youtube rich kale where i have gameplay throws which includes the assassin creed series in fact let's see this when you are hearing this it'll probably be uh, just after yeah it'll just be after my uh run through of the poor area of acre so I haven't gotten to, quote, assassinating uh, the person there yet. That will be uh, in the video that will prepare, see, about you know, almost two weeks after this video, after this podcast, this podcast airs. And okay. you can also find my stuff up on, uh, got a lot of stuff on that channel, which includes fic readings and stuff that I've been working on. And you can find my fix up on, like, fanfiction.net, you can find it up on archive of our own on comic vine i've got tons of fix based off the comic generation x as well as fix based off various video games okay and alan did you have anything to plug i forgot to ask you earlier no i don't okay so if you enjoyed this episode you can find over 450 other episodes of games my mom found everything is on our podbean you go right on our website in podbean you can type in search star wars you'll find plenty of those search batman you'll find plenty of those Search anything, you never know. We cover weird, weird shit too. So definitely go do that. You will see a link, you know, link in our website can be anywhere. Google. Uh, you will see links in the show notes to our Patreon that we mentioned. Yeah, maybe we didn't mention. We have Patreon. If you want to support the show? Little's a dollar. 
You can vote. Uh, the current poll for this month is sequels Mike has never seen. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, Back to the Future 2, Resident Evil Damnation, and I'm blanking on the other one. <laughs> All right, it's Ghostbusters 2016. So, little star, you can vote in our monthly polls. So, you'll see a link in the show notes. We have a Discord if you want to join us and chat with us. Uh, please join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes for that, too. You'll see a link to Richard's stuff. Uh, also, give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You can follow her on TikTok. She recently hit 100K followers, so go follow her, too. She needs more, and tell her I sent you. <laughs> And also, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker to the MCU Movies with me. Start his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. So definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and at YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, all. So long. Farewell. Yeah. <laughs>